section seven of the rover volume one number twenty one this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the rover volume one number twenty one edited by seba smith and lawrence labrie section seven the spectre ship of salem the reverend cotton mather doctor of divinity and fellow of the royal society an eminent clergyman of boston in massachusetts who flourished about the end of the seventeenth century wrote a curious book entitled magnalia christi americana in which he has exhibited not only his own but the prevalent superstitions of the times in which he lived the country had been in the language of that period exposed to war from the invisible world during which the inhabitants were afflicted with demons and so wrought upon by spectres as to pine languish and die under excruciating torments sometimes the demons attacked one part of the country and sometimes another and the object of the learned and reverend doctor's book is to authenticate the very tragical instances in which they infested the houses and afflicted the persons of the inhabitants flashy people says no may burlesque these things but when hundreds of the most sober people in the country where they have as much mother-wit certainly as the rest of mankind know them to be true nothing but the absurd and forward spirit of sadducism can question them i have not mentioned so much as one thing that will not be justified if it be required by the oaths of more consistent persons than any that can ridicule these odd phenomena and certainly few facts if we may judge by the evidence have been better established than the existence of witchcraft and the wars of prodigious spirits in the provinces of new england during the time of dr mather we have accounts of trials conducted with all the forms and implements of jurisprudence in which many persons were convicted of holding communication with demons and we have what is still more remarkable voluntary confessions of parties acknowledging themselves in league with the devil so far therefore as the records and archives of courts of law can verify the truth of any investigation we must believe that many of the things which dr mather has set forth are not only true as historical events but also naturally incident however rarely to the condition and fortunes of men it is not for us however to argue this matter the many of the doctor's stories are really striking reviewing them merely as creations of fancy and some of the phenomena which he describes and boasts of having witnesses to confirm have in different ages been seen in similar forms and in countries far remote from new england the prodigy of the cross which constantine and his army beheld in the air is of this description and the apocalypse vouchsafed to godfrey in the crusaders of the same character dr mather describes noise and hustlings heard in the air a short time prior to the indian war of sixteen seventy five accompanied with the beating of drums as in a battle but without entering into any particular disquisition concerning these omens and auguries we shall here present a version of his story of the naval apparition only promising that it contains several particulars which the doctor has not noticed but which we are persuaded are not less true than those he has related blackwood's magazine a ship called noah's dove was preparing to sail from the port of salem for old england when a young man accompanied by his bride 
came and engaged berths for himself and her as passengers no one in all salem was in the slightest degree acquainted with this handsome couple nor did they themselves seek any acquaintance in the town but until the vessel was ready lived in the most secluded state their conduct was perfectly blameless and their appearance was highly respectable but the sharp-sighted people of salem knew the prestigious appearance of the demons which afflicted the country and they discerned something about them which could not be deemed otherwise than mysterious many persons intending to visit their friends in the old country took passages also in the noah's dove but the friends of some of them thought they were rash in doing so and that it would be as well to learn something of their two questionable fellow-passengers before hazarding themselves at sea with persons so unknown and singular these admonitions gave occasion to much talk in salem but instead of having the effect intended a fatal obstinacy became prevalent and prevented every one who proposed to sail with the vessel from paying the slightest attention to them this strange infatuation only served to deepen the interest which the town took in the departure of the ship at last the day appointed for her sailing arrived never had such a solemn day been seen in salem and moreover it happened to be a friday for the captain was not such a godly man as the mariners of salem generally were in those days a great multitude crowded the wharves to see their relations embark all were sorrowful and many in tears at last the ship hoisted the signal for sailing and wonderful to tell at the same time that the flag was unfurled a blackbird much like a raven alighted on the hand of the town clock and by its weight pushed it forward some said full ten minutes every one who witnessed this sight was struck with horror and some laid hands upon their relation to prevent them from embarking but those who had engaged to go with the fated vessel were wilful and would not be controlled during these struggles the two unknown strangers came also to embark and she that was the bride was in tears weeping bitterly however they stepped on board in a sudden gust of wind at that moment the ship being cast loose from her moorings made her yaw off and she was almost instantly at sea the crowd however remained anxiously watching her progress until she was out of sight they then returned to their respective houses and the whole conversation of salem for that evening was saddened with presentiments and forebodings concerning the noah's dove in the course of the night the breeze freshened into a gale which before the morning was heightened to a tempest the sea raged with tremendous fury and the rack of clouds that careered in the heaven was scarcely less tumultuous than the angry waves in the ocean below all the inhabitants of salem were persuaded that the hurricane had something to do with the mysterious passengers in the noah's dove many were instinctively convinced that the ship had perished and resigned themselves to grief for three days and three nights the wrath of the storm was unmitigated on the contrary it seemed to increase for although it was then midsummer dreadful showers of hail mingled with fire and thunder louder than had ever been heard before pealed continually no man could doubt the fate of noah's dove indeed it was the persuasion of all that every vessel which was so unfortunate as to be within the sweep and frenzy of the winds and waves could not survive the vehemence of their destruction the sun on the morning of the fourth day burst through the clouds in great splendour the winds almost instantly became calm the hail ceased the thunder was mute and the billows from raging surges rolled themselves into a noiseless swell a change so abrupt convinced the pious inhabitants of salem that the doom of the vessel was sealed and although it was in vain to expect that the sea would present them with any sight of her wreck or 
of that of other vessels they hastened in great numbers down to the shore where they stood until sunset gazing and wondering with anxiety and sorrow just as the sun disappeared a sound of exclamation and hurry accompanied by movements arose from a group of persons who were standing on the top of the rock considerably elevated above the crowd and some one cried that a vessel was in sight the whole multitude on hearing this were thrown into commotion and fluctuated to and fro eager to catch a glimpse of this unexpected phenomenon it was however long before she came distinctly in sight for any wind which was then blowing was off the shore and against the vessel insomuch that an old grey-headed sailor among the spectators declared that it was impossible she could work into the harbour that night but to their astonishment she still came forward with her yard squared and her sails full notwithstanding she was steering in the wind's eye before her hull could be properly seen it was the opinion of all who beheld her that it was the noah's dove by this time the twilight was much faded but it began to be observed that the ship brightened as if some supernatural light shone upon her alone this wonderful circumstance was not long matter of doubt or question for when the stars appeared she was seen as distinctly as if she had been there in the blaze of noonday and a panic of dread and terror fell upon the whole multitude the rev zebedee stubbin who was then in the crowd an acute man and one who feared the lord knew that the apparent ship was a device of the prestigious spirits and that it behooved all present to pray for protection against them he therefore mounted upon a large stone and called on the spectators to join him in the forty-sixth psalm which he himself began repeating the line aloud and then singing the shores echoed with the solemn melody and the rising wind wafted it along the increasing waves while the worship was going on the sound of sudden cries and lamentations as of persons in jeopardy was heard in the air the ship at the same time came straight on into the harbour and being illuminated as described was seen rigged out in every part exactly like the noah's dove many of the spectators saw their friends on board and would have shouted to them with joy but there was something dismal and strange in their appearance which awed them to remain silent the strange young man and his bride were seen tenderly embracing each other but no noise or voice was heard on board at that moment the masts and rigging fell into the sea as if they had been struck down with lightning and signals of distress were displayed but still no sound was heard the multitude suspended their breathing convinced that the vision before them was the unsubstantial creation of the prestigious spirit this belief entered all their minds simultaneously and in the same moment the mighty spectre vanished the noah's dove was never heard of and it was believed that in that hour riven by the lightning and the tempest she had foundered count me not says the reverend dr mather at the conclusion of his narration struck with the livian superstition in reporting prodigies for which i have such incontestable proofs End of section seven